Welcome to 99 Problems, but Gen Z ain't one. I've got a few of the Gen Z generation that sat with me now, um, and to introduce this podcast series, just quickly introduce yourselves and your ages, please. Hi, I'm Connor, and I'm 22. Jess, and I'm 20. I'm Holly, and I'm 23. And why did we decide to do this podcast, Holly? I guess it's because often we feel like we're misrepresented um, within the professional landscape and we want to give ourselves a voice within that, that you know, we're not what we're often stereotyped to be. Okay. And that came from a derivative from our CEO, did it, Matt? Yes. He wanted to give us the platform to show everyone that we're not lazy and what all the stereotypes that... Lazy, narcissistic... Yeah. yeah. Fickle. All those fun facts which mm-hmm. are not true about you guys. And how often are we going to be doing these podcasts, Connor? Uh, they're going to be released every Monday, so make sure you tune in for them. Where can you find them? Oh, you'll find them on 99 Problems, Gen Z Ain't One, uh, on Spotify, uh, Anchor, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And what are the handles for those? 99P Gen Z. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I'm sure everyone will look forward to listening to it, including me. And with all that said, let's do this. Woo! Hello everyone and welcome to The Hive and uh, 99 Problems but Gen Z ain't one. I absolutely love this name for this podcast. Um, do you want to introduce everyone? I'm Chris Grimes, New Business Development Director at BDB. I'm Holly Nichols and I'm Account Executive here at BDB. I'm Jess and I'm the Production Executive at BDB. Uh, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lizzie O'Neill and I'm an Account Executive at BDB. We are going in with uh, digital detox and what digital detox means to everybody. Holly, do you want to start? Mm-hmm. Digital detox, what does it mean to you? Well, I did Google for a definition and it came up with a period of time during which a person refrains from using electronic connecting devices. But I think that's very extreme to eliminate. So for me, it means being mindful and cutting things out where I could spend my time better elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, it's pretty similar for me. It's trying to spend your social time wisely instead of sitting there on your phone and kind of forgetting and losing time, whereas you could be using it more wisely. Yeah, uh, yeah I think balance is the, the key point. Like, you can't... It, social media and the internet in general is really useful when used properly. But for me, that a digital detox is um, cutting out or cutting down on things that actively make me feel worse when I use them, like... I've spent half an hour on Instagram and I've come away feeling empty. It's like, why am I doing this? (laughs) Yeah, it's quite addictive, isn't it, social media? I think that people get lost in that scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. I think the reason why, just to give you context of why Digital Detox came up in the workplace, one of the uh, girls who works for BDB came up with the fact that we spend a lot of time, um, particularly on emails, and I didn't think that emails was actually the issue. I think that's why we wanted to get context on what digital detox is. See, for me, watching TV is a digital detox. But if, you don't, if you're watching TV or you're using anything electrical, yeah. that's what digital is for me. And having a total switch off is phone off, silent, TV off, radio off, everything. You're just kind of in your own mind, really. But how do we kind of implement a digital detox in the workplace? What, what do you think is acceptable? I think it's about managing 
who you communicate to and when and talking to specific people and addressing how they specifically like to be contacted because everyone's different as you Mm. said Chris you don't emails as a priority no whereas some people may do that might be their preferred contact method um but also about realizing that emails aren't immediate responses Mm. i think we've been talking internally about how long you should spend how long do you what what do you think is a good response time for an for for an email depends on what it's asking i suppose like um a sort of quick question really shouldn't be sent on an email anyway that's more of the them or go up to them if you can or um, maybe use a more immediate sort of like WhatsApp or something if that's appropriate for the person you're contacting. An email if it's a request for something, um, for me I'd say between a couple of hours and a day depending on the urgency. Um, maybe if for a client if they request something you follow up with an email saying you've received the email yeah. you're going to get to it and then the actual response is however long that takes to, to pass. <laughs> it, does, it does all depend on whether someone says it's urgent, um, ask a question but, in the email. Yeah. I think sometimes people yeah. send emails; they don't ask any questions, and I'm like, "Well, you don't need a response to that." But sometimes I find when sometimes people want the work so they can carry on, and it's all it's more relaxed for them, mm-hmm. but they don't actually need it urgently. So sometimes it's good to ask them when do they actually need it? When's the deadline for things? So then you're not using your email and. Yeah. You're going up to them and asking them, especially if they're, especially like our office, our office is quite small, so it's mm. not that many steps to go and ask someone a question instead yeah. of emailing them. Do you think we, as a as a business, kind of need a like a service level agreement? I know, I know that sounds very serious, but I think because so many people communicate in different ways, like I, where I used to work, we used to have. Um, literally in the title if you open the email it said I need a response to this email by so like you'd have it in capital letters it'd say urgent and I think if you worked in a lawyer practice because I was speaking to my friend who's a lawyer and she was saying every email that goes out will 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 say immediate response or it's just a broadcast or so I think we can learn a lot from whatsapp and other messaging platforms in terms of how business communicates what 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 do you guys think to that be good maybe because you can't really do a blanket thing for everyone so people work flexi or um, have different preferences but I think it might be useful for um, sort of account directors and managers to kind of set out how they prefer to be and everyone but especially people who tend to get a lot of the emails sent to them and when they like how or when they would like to be adapted and sort of of expectations because sometimes you when we were talking about uh, emailing in the evening I'm saying like even if you know that this person doesn't expect a response if you receive an email in the evening you feel kind of bad that you're not working yeah, yeah. when that is that should be a time for you to switch off and not like within reason if there's work to finish it has to be done of course mm-hmm. um, knowing the expectations at the start or be good I think for Sorry, I think it's also about challenging yourself because it's a habit you need to break. So even this morning, I was like, "Should I wait for Megan to get in, or should I just ping this to her now?" And I was like, "I waited," but then she was eating breakfast, and I was like, "Oh, I can't go up to her while she's eating breakfast." So it's about being mindful and constantly thinking, "Is this the right time?" Mm. But I think that's where we've not. I think we've never because I think the, the the great thing about what this subject has brought about is, I actually think it's something that we do need to address as a business, and I think that we. We are so open as a business and, you know, we do look at change. But I think it's not just for us, but for our clients as well. Like, 
people have different ways of communicating. Like I know for a fact here, I know you mentioned it a minute ago, Holly, that if you want to get hold of me, email is not the best way because I will very rarely go on my emails all day because I'm in and out of meetings. The best way to get in contact with me is either call me or WhatsApp if you need an instant answer. If you need me to review something, then don't get me wrong, it's email, but if you don't put anything urgently, you're not going to get a response, but you will get an instant response from me from, from, on WhatsApp. So, do you think, I think with technology changing, because I know a lot of people have Microsoft Teams and Slack, do you think we need to relook at our technology stack and how we communicate internally and externally? Maybe have a sort of baseline, this, this method for this, this method for this, this method for this, and then people will use it as you know, ad hoc and things, and people might, I don't, I don't know, it's a tricky one, you can't force people into certain ways of working, really. I think it'd be, it'd take a while for everyone to fall into those little boxes if you were to put kind of a distinction on what you're supposed to use things mm. for, and eventually it would work, but I think in the long run, maybe removing things, like removing Skype, people don't really need to use Skype, like we do, I think it's Hannah was mentioning, yeah. I think Hannah was mentioning that we like as an office, we sent at least eight, like mm. eight thousand messages, and sometimes it's just it's you across from my desk. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like it's you don't need to kind of ask people questions if you're sat next to them or mm. if you're just across the office from them. It's so much easier to just go up and talk to them. So let's talk about Skype. This interesting one, really interesting one, because I actually think messages that go across across on Skype sometimes we from a new business point of view and from um, account management point of view, they mm -hmm. don't get translated onto our CRM systems or our, 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 our systems in-house. In mm -hmm. So we kind of miss conversations that have gone on between the client and and obviously yourselves and obviously internally. And I think that's where we, we miss out on opportunities and things get missed mm -hmm. um, as a business. And it's interesting you say that about Skype because me and Matt were having a, the same conversation. 8,000 messages and what? Yeah, it's well, excessive. I think mm. I think definitely if we were to do something for Digital Detox as a company, as a kind of community, Skype would, in my opinion, be the first thing to go. Not the video call thing. No, definitely. <laughs> I think, but I think we, we can find possibly ways internally. Obviously, externally, people... Surely that's just email. ...from the client. If it's yeah. externally. But some people in um, meetings... Skype call the clients yeah. because yeah. it's so much faster and they can like just so I get, I get that I get that because I like when I came out I was so shocked that you used Skype because I was mm -hmm. like I understand you using it because our clients use it but our yeah. clients are not messaging us on Skype like no, not typing not. messages we're, we're having yeah. FaceTime which I'm absolutely all for um, because surely that's what WhatsApp's for really you know in, in essence between the internal teams yeah. um, but I think that's a good a good debate in terms of should we keep Skype, could we not? Because I've looked at what other people use. They use Slack because, again, Slack integrates with CRM systems, so the conversations don't go amiss. So that's why I was saying, do we do we need to review our tech stack from a business point of view to see what would make us most efficient that gives us the, the downtime? I think the devil of instant messaging or Skype is the orange glow when you yeah. get it so that's yeah. been designed it it for you. people to, to catch their eye and our brains aren't built to task switch so the minute you're on it and off it you've, you've lost progress you're back to where yeah. you started and I think that's the issue like the immediate colour 
notifications buzzing like that was something I, when I was doing a bit of research for this um, they were talking about uh, multitasking and being always connected like there's always Wi-Fi there's always data your phone is always able to ping at you your emails always available to pop up um, human brains are very good at multitasking as in we can do a lot of things but it's all on the surface level and that ends up with us not retaining the information mm-hmm. which is what I, and I found this a few times like I'll be in whips and someone will say, oh, did that person email you back? And I'll be like, yeah, I think so. But because when I was looking at my emails, I was also thinking about the press, this press release I'm doing and the meeting that's coming up and, you know, everything else. You know you did something, but because your brain was switching so fast between everything. You didn't know where the information yeah, lies. because you, you're vaguely aware that you did it. But it's like, whereas when I, I can recall almost verbatim, like, the whole text of a press release I've written because I was focused on it and I... Right. Yeah, because I've um, obviously done a lot of training from a sales point of view, and I think the biggest the biggest thing that happens into the modern day workplace is the attention deficit. Because the minute you get distracted by a notification, when you are focused on a task, it takes you ten minutes to get back to be focused. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the biggest thing. I know I do it all the time. Like what you said is, I'll be doing something, a call will come through, or and I'll forget what I was actually doing. And I have to then think really quickly because I've had five or six things happen to me in that time. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Um, just going on to the subject of kind of taking it away from work a little bit, but it's, it's still got to do with work. But how damaging do you think social media is in today's modern age in terms of taking away focus? Extremely. Mm, definitely. I think, def- I think social media is one of the like main corporates for distractions well the scroll was designed like a slot machine wasn't it so you're supposed yeah. to get it's like you're fighting someone who is designed to get into your head so it's not yeah. entirely our fault to be honest <laughs> yeah. but like that you're supposed to get addicted to it it's a little hit of dopamine every yeah. time you do it and it's an addiction yeah. same brain patterns as um, Co- cocaine, cocaine. Oh, really? it's yeah. like the addictive pathways in your brain um, they're the same as gambling, like the slot machine thing. Like, what am I going to see next? Sort of, can you, our brains just want that little. That's why it's so hard to stop. Like, even if you're not even taking in what you're scrolling through anymore, it's it's the brain wants to keep going. It's also kind of the thought of what if I've missed something important? FOMO. Yeah, FOMO. Yeah. I get JOMO, honestly, the joy of missing out. <laughs> you're quite dif- you're quite different because like. When we go through our phones, I mean, I could get my phone out in a second, but I know mine has got 45... I mean, I don't spend much time on my laptop. My, most of my work is done through um, my phone. So, I mean, when I look at my screen time, WhatsApp is my main... Well, let's just have a quick... Holly, what's yours? What's your main top, top three? Mm, my top three are... Wait, is this in the last seven, uh, last seven days? Reading and referencing, what's that? Oh, uh, no, okay, so apps used, maps, then Google Maps, the messaging. Do you get lost a lot? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I spend all my time on Google Maps driving. Oh, of course. It's like you're sat now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. I was thinking, I was imagining you wandering around. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm always in the safety and warmth of my own car. <laughs> For me, um... This week, anyway, is Snapchat, Instagram, and YouTube. Okay. Lizzie? Um, YouTube, like Google Chrome, because that's where I listen to podcasts, and WhatsApp, but 
like YouTube's like three hours because I just I, I, I do love I, I love YouTube. It's like my TV. Yeah, it's uh, my TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's most people's TV now, honestly. Mm. And I'll come onto this in a second. Interest in that. So mine is WhatsApp, Twitter, and YouTube, followed by Instagram and Facebook. So I've limited my Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter use now to only an hour a day because, mm. and my, my app will then shut down just purely and simply because I know I need to, to cut it down. But it's interesting about YouTube. Um, Second biggest search engine in the world. 92% of businesses across the world don't have a YouTube channel, yet most of our generations are on um, YouTube. Why do, you, why, why do you think businesses don't want to YouTube? What's the... I don't think, in my head, I associate it with a professional... Back, the professional backing I just see it as somewhere where people are like twerking in music videos like I and that's because that's probably the only exposure I've had but I don't know I don't think the production's there for the people have invested in professional things so when I see like someone in like I don't know a recording it's often often bad recording I don't know I, I, because I spend so much time in it and I had have for like lo many years like I kind of disagree with it. It's really like it's a massive business. Like the amount of people who have become entrepreneurs on YouTube, yeah. like Jeffrey Star, um, James Charles, like they're the big ones, like the makeup ones. Yeah, like those definitely. people. Um, but there's all, like there's people who like Shane Dawson. He made this series in the summer about um, Jake Paul, and it got tens of millions of views and Crazy. he's bought a house off the back of that like yeah. mm. there's even uh, one of my favorite youtubers it tom scar like did you remember yeah, yeah, yeah. movie yeah he owns his own production company because of the money he got from Astuff movie and he, so there's a lot of like young entrepreneurs on it I, I think if you went through most people's phone in this office youtube would be definitely top four definitely top four top five not for me. No, no but no, but interesting. <laughs> Ten minutes on entertainment last week. But interesting though for you though, Hal, it's podcasts. Yeah. So again, voice versus it'd be, it'd be the classic case of back in the day, it'd be radio versus TV, mm -hmm. um, and it would be just where your brain takes in information that you prefer to be educated through podcasts. I also just don't like opening YouTube and then I can't flick onto something else, which I probably shouldn't be task switching anyway, but I don't like the fact that I close it and it's gone. No, you can now. Just, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, tell me that. Only if you pay for YouTube. Oh, I'm, oh right. I ain't I've doing YouTube, that either. I've got YouTube, pre I've got YouTube premium. Not, so. not, for the, not for the poor Gen Z who <laughs> can't afford to pay YouTube. From a business point of view, working in production, I've worked with clients and people in here and they have created videos and put them up onto YouTube because they've all we've got BDB have got a YouTube channel yeah for if we make a video we can host a video from there and pull it into the website so it's a lot it's a lot easier to kind of like a little path that people can use to incorporate videos into their websites now yeah. and make things a bit more interesting I think the potential is yeah. there I think yeah, but just going back what you said in the the statement which you said is it's, it's your TV, mm. and I think that's again part of the problem in terms of a digital detoxing because you are we are married to our phones or tablets now, and it's very rare. Sometimes I don't really even put, put a TV on, yeah. in essence, because and sometimes if I put it on, I, I'll actually just transfer my phone to the TV. So, are we saying that a true digital detox is everything off? personal and work I think it depends on what what remove like what adds to you and what removes to you whereas for me if I watch TV in the evening I don't feel like I'm drained whereas if I've been on Instagram for 
an hour, I feel terrible. So I'm like, mm. if it's if it's no harm for me, it depends on the person. Exactly. I think it's a bit a bit baby out with the bathwater sometimes. I think with these what things. on earth is that saying? <laughs> I've heard it before. I've heard it before. It's, Don't you worry. It's like I think it's because in the past they used to put babies in a in like a tin bath and then they'd throw the they'd water throw out. They throw the baby out with well, it. Well, it's it means like <laughs> I've never had to explain. <laughs> oh, I will call um, you out. I don't get most of it. It's like going OCT, um, throwing everything out when something's okay. valuable. Yeah. Um, so, and like YouTube for me is how I unwind in an evening. It, yeah. It's brain switchy off sort of stuff. It can get to the point where I've I've been on it for three hours and I'm mm. like down a deep hole of weird videos, but but, I, but I think I think YouTube podcasts enriching they're enriching in 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 a lot of sense. It's not I think for me social media Instagram Facebook mm. Twitter to an extent LinkedIn will will come on to in a second actually LinkedIn will come on to in a second but the other three can sometimes put me in a bad mood before I even started the day, mm. put me in a good mood sometimes, and also give a false sense of what other people's life. I mean, if you'd gone on my Instagram this week, I've been in Paris for five days, two of them not working, I was there um, with my girlfriend, but then the other three days I was working. But your perception would be, oh, he's in Paris for five days, and, and, the, and my pictures yeah. would have been amazing, because obviously I just take amazing pictures when... When I'm, but you don't see the rest I'm of the day. I'm very <laughs> modest, very modest. I think the big thing about social media is people mainly show the best things about their lives. You don't yeah. really yeah. see. I mean, some YouTubers may cry on Instagram and mm. like you know show more raw emotion, but they're used to being on there and that's kind of their work. That's how they kind of that's, selling their that's their lives. But if you if you scroll down, you don't really you see. Like models, nice cars, nice houses, really pretty filters. Food. Yeah, everything is filtered. Everything is um, made to look like the best thing that they have. So people are like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! I love this. How have you done this?" And then they, you know, it's kind of a conversation starter in a way. Yeah. Isn't it? So how do we go forward as a business from a digital detox point of view? Because I actually, I actually think subject has some great merits with why we've discussed it across our three podcasts mm. um but it's how what what what's the way forward i think the way forward for humanity <laughs> oh that's a bold, oh, bold. or maybe not for everyone step for man. <laughs> but I've, I've watched people actually because it's it's like global now everyone is talking about digital detoxes people are filming themselves with their cameras they can't really use the cameras for social media messaging so that's their only kind of source of getting their information out there Mm. where they've kind of locked things away for 24 hours or something like that but then kind of go back to it after that it's kind of sorry it's right it's it's just when how long it takes for a digital detox to actually work and to see the the benefits of it all talking yesterday about treating it as you would a balanced diet Mm. so um, we need food. Which is very hard. Okay, so yeah. I, I struggle with that. <laughs> Massive well, burrito bigger than my head yesterday. You're gonna, <laughs> sometimes you're going to binge. Sometimes you're going to be like, yeah, yeah. and go on Instagram. And that's okay. Hour. And that's fine. Everyone needs to do that occasionally. But day-to-day life, for like the sake of your productivity, your mental health, um, stress levels and things, um, having finding a balance of it, uh, going outside for a bit of it, take, like printing stuff off to read, which I do quite a lot in work. Interesting. Um, mm. To give myself a break from screens, because it, it affects your sleep. Like, yeah. 
Um, so the, the analogy we were talking about is like a digital diet and like not as in yeah. that's that, sustainable and not a fad. That's what I've done. I've literally turned off all my notifications so I don't get notifications from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter anymore. And I've, on, on the iPhone, you can limit yourself to how much time you can spend on it per day. Okay. So I have cut it all down to half an hour for each app, which will massively help me, absolutely hugely help me. So If you change your mind, can you like... Yeah, you can have, add more time. But I think, it's, again, because <laughs> you have to then physically go in, you, like, you, you, then you've, you kind yeah. of that... I, I have a five-second rule, so... But for food. Everything. I fail at it all the time, but I, I went to a seminar about two or three years ago, and when you procrastinate for more than five seconds, you'll end up not doing it. So, like, getting up in the morning is a big one. So, when I go training in the morning, if I go over five seconds, I'll, I'll talk myself out of going to the gym or doing something. So, I, I count to five in my head and go, one, two, three, four, five. And then if I'm not up with those five seconds, I guarantee you that you you brain starts talking to you and going you should do this yeah, and I think it's the same with your phone it will take you two or three seconds to add more time so you can talk yourself out of it I think that's going about it the right way I think just putting yourself in there and getting rid of everything straight away is going to be a lot harder because your brain's like where's I it gone that dopamine yeah like ah. where? and you'll be thinking where's my phone where's my laptop like where's my mm. all my electronics when really if you just start kind of like a diet if mm. you start like cancelling things out, putting 30 minutes on things. I think it, instead of like slowly kind of easing yourself into a digital detox, yeah. is not going be, cold turkey. Yeah, it would, it would be I've a tried lot that easier. a few times. <laughs> I think the main reason I don't go on Instagram is because I haven't set it to do so. I think it says send me notifications. It just doesn't. It's a glitch. <laughs> so I don't get any. So by default, you and I don't get any of the information. It's worked in my favour. Massively. Yeah. I mean, I, and then as a business, I think we kind of agreed a little bit going forward that we need to review communication as a business, yeah. have a kind of reformed view of it, look at new tech stacks potentially. Mm-hmm. Good job for Ollie. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I do think that not just the way we communicate internally, but the way, way the, our expectations from our clients. Because again, um, as I said, I'm part of a lot of WhatsApp groups and one of the biggest WhatsApp groups I get all the time and is really engaging is I get um, a newsletter from Social Chain all the time that gives me all the up-to-date news just in a WhatsApp message but if I got that in email I won't read it it's quite yeah. funny and I think that's I think because technology's changed now and because I've been to Incos this week and spoke to a lot of clients and it was really interesting the disparity of how they like to be communicated to so I think it'd be really really good I know it's not um but I do think it will cut down on our digital usage. I think Skype would be a, a big one that we need to discuss. I think it's all um, based on accessibility as well. Yeah. The faster you can get a message to someone, the more likely you are to just, if you can't be bothered getting off, which, it, which isn't an excuse, too, really. I think yeah. like, most of the time, if I'm sending a Skype message, it's because I don't want to bother someone or feel a bit like, oh, God, I don't want to go. But do you think that's, that, that's a, 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 again, that's, because we've lived in an instant world, <coughs> but actually most of the time it takes longer to write a message than it yeah. does to get up and speak to someone. Life but is that because we've hid behind messages for so long? I don't know, but talking about hiding behind messages, I don't know if it's a generational thing, but I feel anxiety towards phoning people, yeah. so that's something that really? I've got to get over. Really? Even like heart palpitations, no. panic attacks. And it's just exposure in practice, I think. Not like reading I a family. Phone to phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, but okay, so... 
you prefer to, Lizzie, so Lizzie, heart palpitations, Jess, I have to do happy to call people. I'd rather hide behind an email, I'm not going to lie, but... but I, phoning is better a lot of the time. Yeah. But do you think, do you think that, that that's a training issue then? Do you think you would benefit from training and and we need to build confidence more on a presentation and do you think that's, that would help? Yeah. Not, sorry, but for me it isn't rational. Like, I've, I've spoken to lots of people about who are really confident with it um, on how they approach it to see if I can pick their brains for any advice. Um, and everything that I was doing whilst on the phone was fine. Like I was, I wasn't. Um, you know, I, I knew what I was talking about. I'd always prepared beforehand. Is the activity leading up to the yeah, call? Yeah, it's just it's an irrational. Right. Maybe we should apply five seconds. What goes for you? Yeah. I, I, I think that's right. I think you should do it. I think you should try, honestly try the five second rule. Are they it on the work. toilet? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the first thing that pops into your head, Ali? Are they on the toilet? I mean. Like only you could Why think would like you that. Answer a business call on the toilet. I mean, like, I, the I have answered a business call on the toilet. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, well, it's the pestering. It's like, yeah. Whereas I'm not hard hit. It's not a hard slap in the face if it's just an email. I know, but that's not. Is that not a mental thing from your point of view that you're all, you're? I always get this a lot. Is everyone assumes things so you're yeah. assuming that somebody will not want to take your call because that is a mental thing mm. from your perspective yeah, which definitely. is what it gives you yeah. the palpitations so it is a a change in mindset i think where where the phone's concerned and i think I th honestly i think we've got a real problem not just from your generation from my generation i know people hide a lot behind messages people we would solve pr problems yeah, a lot yeah, quicker definitely by using the phone. I agree, and it's something I do want to work on, and yeah. I will. It's something like challenge yourself, put yourself yeah. in uncomfortable positions and all that, but I'm not <laughs> gonna lie, the anxiety is really there. like, so I know I've got to call people today, um, and no one has been anything but lovely on the phone to me. Like, I've not had a bad experience that's put me off or anything. Yeah. Um, but I was genuinely like not going to sleep last night because I was worrying about having to make phone wow. calls today. Um, I don't know why it, it worries me so much. I think it is the very, sort of very deep subconscious. I'm bothering this person, or so it's to, so it's a it's a mindset thing. Yeah, it's, okay. I think me and Holly, we know we can talk to people. We know we can. Deliver God, you two can talk. I think it also <laughs> comes from if I get a call from a number I don't have. Saying I might have people's number, but specifically if it's a call I don't have, the anxiety hits the roof. I'm like, am I under arrest? <laughs> Do you know what? I don't use a phone because I think I'm going to get arrested when I pick up. I mean, come on. <laughs> I just mean, like, it could be anything in the world, and I just think, oh lord, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. So like, I think if, if I pop up on someone else's phone, do they get anxious? Like, I don't like yeah, picking up the phone to people I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, do you know what? It's a really valid point, and I. And I it's a mindset thing training like you say you can use the phone you can and I do think there's an element of training that's involved in it as well but mm. definitely, why did you not why did you not get that then Jess what 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 makes you different I'm not, I'm not like that by the way I obviously I can pick up the phone <laughs> yeah you did a quick call before <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly well basically um when I was in high school I like obviously I was always really nervous to call people like my mum is and I thought, you know, oh, it's a bit scary. Um, but then my dad just kind of spoke to me. I was like, just give them a one bell, and if like they don't answer, they'll probably call you back. And if they don't call you back, I think 
it's, it's a it's not a massive deal if no if they don't pick up if they don't pick up they're obviously oh, I'm relieved when they don't yeah. pick up yeah. I'm like if oh thank god up, I'm out of it yeah if they pick up it's better for you because then you can get your point across straight away I find when people message a lot um especially within like per, like personally within friend groups people get the wrong idea when you're saying something yeah, and no they, they can get angry and so but like if you call them it's better to get your point across and then everyone knows what's going on especially business wise I think it's really good because mm. I think I agree yeah especially with clients I think if they send you an email and say we need this urgently if it's really urgent they will call you again and then mm, if you're trying to get hold of a supplier and say I need this today I need you to get it by 12 o'clock and if mm. they don't reply then you can give them a call and let them know like this is actually really urgent you please yeah you I think we have started. to be the pro- I have to think we have to be the proactive ones because I think that be there'll be clients like you who don't like pick up the phone mm. but just to wrap this up because um we are um at our 30 minute limit we don't want to really go over that mm-hmm. so just quickly round table one tip for home one tip for work for digital detox start with you Holly for home I tried setting my um desktop background whatever on my phone to grayscale so nothing stands out it like the bright red instagram app the youtube and even notifications i can't see any of it so nothing interesting yeah um it work yeah it worked i didn't want to go on anything so and tip for work um oh i don't know (laughs) can we come back to me yeah come back and more for work and home okay if you kind of tempted to pick up your phone or answer that you answer an email straight away just kind of ask yourself why every time why am I going to pick up my phone why am I going to answer mm. this email right away why do I need to do this why do I need to know about the information mm. and you'll kind of start thinking I actually don't have to it's not a necessity that I have to pick up my phone and look at Instagram go on like whatsapp email people respond really quickly it comes back to the anxiety thing. I think people going, I think made the point earlier, is when you get a work email or even a email off a friend, maybe different, but mm. it's, I think it's a really important point. Do I need to respond? No. Do I need to read it? I can read it, yeah. But do I need to yeah. respond? Yeah. Is that person expecting that? And again, it comes back to how we communicate as a business, and we'll, obviously we'll cover that in a future podcast. Lizzie? Um, for, like, for work and home, um, I use Do Not Disturb on my phone, so... Um, I just set it so that the only things that make my phone make a noise are calls and t- actual texts because the only people who will text me are people who have my mum, my grandma. Yeah, like, you set it up in favourites. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't, um, I'm WhatsApp because I have work on WhatsApp. Okay. But I, um, so I don't get any Facebook, Instagram, anything. It doesn't make my phone light up or buzz or anything, so it just... Perfect. It. But, but then you're not setting it to silence so you might miss something important. I think I've just turned on, I've said to everyone before, turned off all notifications um, and limited my time on social media. Holly, last one for work to end this podcast on a high. Um, Well, I wouldn't say lose your phone at work, but yesterday I didn't know where my phone was. (laughs) (laughs) How long did we look for it? We were standing next to a desk. She was looking through her bags. 
everything. She it was on the other side of the office because I dropped it when I went to go get my coat. Drop but, your phone down. So, <laughs> so lose your phone in the office is Holly's mic drop for the podcast. <laughs> it's been a great podcast. It's been great speaking yeah. to you three. Uh, it's been okay. educational as well. Um, and I look forward to hosting some more with you. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you.